you guys, welcome to the ad for my brand new podcast, The Missing Links. But before I can get into that, I have to give a huge shout out to the boys over at Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the absolute easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's 100% free, so you can't really get any better than that. You know what they say? If it's free, it's for me. Second of all, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, being able to do all that from your computer is not too impressive, but your phone is an entirely different thing altogether. Anchor will distribute your podcast to all major podcasting sites for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. This the sky's the limit with this thing. I mean, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which means you can have two people listening to you and still be able to make money off this thing. It's honestly everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you want to give it a try, you can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. But anyways, getting past all that, this is the ad for my brand new podcast, The Missing Links, where we talk about crime, serial killers, disappearances, and unsolved mysteries from around the globe. Now, if any of that seems like it might interest you, you should definitely check it out on Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts. It's going to be a great time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Missing Links podcast, where we talk about crime, serial killers, disappearances, and unsolved mysteries from all around the globe. The Missing Links is researched, written, produced, and hosted by me, Ethan Bacon. On this episode of The Missing Links, we'll be discussing a topic that is very near and dear to me for a few reasons. One being that today's story took place in my home state of Rhode Island, the other being that my very own father was directly involved with this case. So, without further ado, let's jump right into it. Our story begins with a college student named Bridget Aaron Kelly, where on the night of November 30th, 2001, she attended a party with some of her peers. Of course, being a college party, there was alcohol on the premises, so naturally, she drank and had a good time. After having a few drinks and knowing she needed to wake up early and drive to school the next morning, she decided to ask one of her female friends to drive her to her apartment to spend the night at her place. The next morning, Bridget left and headed for school as per usual, but at approximately 8.40 a.m. while traveling north on Interstate 95 for Newport, a minivan flew across the median divider and struck head-on into her Toyota Corolla. She was pronounced dead at the scene. Now let's rewind and bring this thing back to exactly 5.25 a.m. that morning, where a 49-year-old man by the name of Wayne P. Winslow, who was an ex-convict, heroin addict, and had a history of drug and alcohol abuse, was picked up by a North Kingstown police officer named Eric Lewis on the Jamestown Bridge. The police officer, noting that it was almost time for shift change and that he would soon be off duty, decided he didn't really want to fill out any paperwork and decided to just drop Mr. Winslow off at the North Kingstown parking ride, thinking he would eventually sober up and not cause any harm. But as we know now, that was not the case. From there, at around 6.11 a.m., Winslow walked about a half of a mile north of the parking ride and realized he was getting kind of famished, so he decided to stop in for breakfast at Snoopy's Diner. Now, my family has owned Snoopy's Diner ever since it was opened in late March of 1971, 
Despite my father being a little bit older, he is as sharp as a tack when it comes to the diner. For instance, someone could walk in and he'd tell you about how they used to come in all the time around 20 years ago, and he'd tell you exactly what they used to order, which is a little crazy. But regardless, my father noted that he had absolutely never seen Wayne P. Winslow in his life when he came in on that fateful morning. Wayne sat down at the counter, ordered some coffee, so the waitress went into the back and grabbed him a mug and poured him some. Mr. Winslow then proceeded to add some sugar, but not to his coffee, no. Instead, Winslow started pouring sugar all over the counter in front of him. The waitress, being puzzled, went into the back to inform my father that Winslow was acting a bit strange. My father, never being one to turn down a sale from anyone, told the waitress to just take his order and he'd get cooking right away so Wayne could eat his meal and be on his merry way as soon as possible. However, when the waitress returned out front, Wayne was seen behind the counter on all fours, and when the waitress asked him what he was doing, he replied, I'm just looking for yesterday's spoon, whatever the fuck that means. Nevertheless, the waitress, being an ex-bartender, knew how to handle drunk people somewhat, so she humored him, grabbing a random spoon, handing it to him, and saying she found it. Wayne then sat back down at the counter and proceeded to order a breakfast. But the breakfast never made it to him, because five minutes later, he left. My father, being confused, went out front to see what exactly was going on. What he saw was Wayne walking north up the middle of the street. Naturally, my father called the police, fearing that he might accidentally get hit by a car. At 6.15, Officer Lewis and another North Kingstown officer by the name of Christopher J. Courier picked Winslow up and, not wanting to be bothered, once again, let him go. This time at the East Greenwich parking ride, which is around half a mile north of Snoopy's. From there, between 6.45 and 7.30, Winslow walked across the street over to the Beacon Diner where he found a blue van that he then entered, hot-wired, and drove it on to Interstate 95, heading south. At 8.13, a local named Meg Duhane called 911 to report a speeding van that had almost hit her. Four minutes passed, and Dehane noticed a state trooper on the other side of the highway headed north. But the trooper didn't turn around. So Duhame frantically called 911 again to ask why the van was not pulled over. But by that time, it was too late, as it was already out of her view. At 8.40 a.m., Winslow slammed into the back of a minivan, which then careened into Bridget E. Kelly's Toyota, killing her instantly. But that's only the first half of the story, you see. What happened to Winslow? Why didn't police stop him? We'll be getting into that right after the break. If you'd like to support me and this podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash the missing links and become one of my patrons for as little as a dollar a month. You can always choose to pledge more than that, but nevertheless, any pledge at all helps me more than you can imagine. Thank you. Winslow suffered minor injuries and was sentenced to 17 years in the ACI. He himself stated he does not know why he wasn't arrested by the North Kingstown Police Department sooner. Days passed and eventually some investigators came into Snoopy's to ask my dad a few questions about what he saw on that date. My dad complied and went down to the station to try and help them out. They showed my father a set of photos and asked him to identify the man who came in. He said that none of them looked like the man in question. They showed him a second set of photos. Still nothing. 
They showed him a third set. Bingo. That's him, my dad said, pointing at Winslow. The investigators asked a couple other routine questions and sent my dad on his way. A couple weeks later, as my father was opening the diner, he saw an officer shining a flashlight around his truck, looking into the windows. Puzzled, my father opened the front door, stuck his head out, and asked, Can I help you? Is this your car? the officer asked. Yep, my dad replied calmly. What are you doing? the officer asked inquisitively. I'm just opening up. I own Snoopy's, my father said. All right, well, we just had a suspect with a vehicle matching this description, and we just wanted to check it out, said the officer. Oh, yeah, absolutely, said my father. We just wanted to make sure you knew we were doing our jobs, said the officer, before getting back in his cruiser and driving off. That was an odd thing to say, my father thought, but he shrugged it off and went to work. Later that day, after closing up, my father went over to the dumpster to throw away a soda can, when suddenly a different police officer pulled up beside him. Hey, what are you doing? The officer asked. Oh, I'm the owner. I just closed up and I'm just throwing away a soda, my father answered. Oh, all right. Just wanted to make sure you knew we were doing our jobs, the officer said before pulling away. My dad stood there confused. Now, what are the odds that two different officers say the exact same thing to him on the same day? And then it clicked. When those investigators came in to question him, it wasn't an investigation on Wayne P. Winslow, who at that time had already been arrested and convicted. It was an investigation on the North Kingstown Police Department for letting Winslow get away four different times and not doing their job. In the end, the family of Bridget E. Kelly sued the town of North Kingstown and the state of Rhode Island for a total of $1.25 million, which is crazy to think about, but at the end of the day, a young girl lost her life and her future. Alright, I know it was kind of a short one, everybody, but that is going to be everything for this episode of The Missing Links. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to close your windows, lock your doors, and most of all, stay safe.